This is episode number 33 of the Physical Therapy Business School podcast and in this episode I answer the question of why so many businesses fail to scale. The episode is called Fail to Scale, Why So Many Click... This is episode number 33 of the Physical Therapy Business School podcast and in this episode I answer the question of why so many businesses fail to scale. If you are planning on growing you are going to love this episode. Turn me up loud and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Physical Therapy Business School podcast. My name is Paul Goff, former professional soccer physical therapist turned successful business owner and author from the UK. Each week, we answer your questions and bring you an inspiring story or person from the global physical therapy community. This show is dedicated to helping great physical therapists become hugely successful business owners. Thanks for joining me today. Now let the class begin. All right, so welcome to another episode of the Physical Therapy Business School podcast. My name is Paul Goff. It is great to be uh, speaking to you wherever you are in the world right now. This is episode number 33 of the Physical Therapy Business School podcast, and we are going to talk about why failing to scale happens to so many business owners fail to scale um why so many clinics struggle to scale um effectively is coming up on this episode of the podcast so let me um just review where we are it's uh six weeks into the uh, new year of 2018 in the last six weeks for us here in the media office and in the polgar physio rooms have been pretty epic we've got off to a great start Lots of planning done, lots of targets uh, on the wall, uh, working towards and being hit, which is good um, in the physio business and in the media company. Um, we've been uh, very busy, in fact, launching our uh, physical therapy business growth school program, which um, we kicked off uh, just last week with over 50 business owners um, or over 50 people on the call by the time we had some staff on there as well, which was great teaching people how essentially to systemize your business so that you can find more time uh, for the business owner or for patients to be able to experience something um, much greater than anybody else around can uh, get and also on the subject um, massively towards how you can uh, grow and scale predictably and reliably you need systems to be able to do that Um, something else that I want to share with you um, first time I've announced this I'm uh, now more than 50,000 words into my brand new book the accelerator book which is coming out in the summer So I'm 50,000 words, um, five chapters into a 10-chapter book, which will probably end up being an 80,000-word, 10 to 12-chapter book by the time that I've finished it, hopefully by the end of May, early June. So look out in the summer for the Accelerator Method book, um, the exact marketing system that I used to grow my clinic. All of the principles, all of the foundations, all of the um, high-level overview of how the system works will be in a book and online and in Amazon and in all good bookstores for you to be able to buy and and to read. Uh, So look out for that coming in the summer. It's taking up uh, around about two hours of my day every single day right now. So it feels as though uh, business is uh, more hectic than it normally is and more, um, more stuff for me to do. But really it's because I'm spending the first two hours of the day writing uh, a book for the first six months of the year so uh, excited to get that into your hands for you to read and just as exciting we've launched what is uh, a publication that uh, is already being uh, read and mailed to over 270 business owners uh, last month we sent the brand new cash is king monthly publication it is a dream of mine that i've had from day one of building a company like this which is 
to have be the bedrock of my company, a 24-page uh, glossy publication. Think Forbes, think Success Magazine. Um, it's that type of um, magazine, publication, newsletter, whatever you want to call it, that has been sent uh, to physio businesses all around the world to our clients and customers who subscribe to Cash is King. Uh, it's 24 pages, soon to go to 28, and not long after we'll take it to 32. Uh, and it gives you $10,000 every single month worth of marketing ideas, strategy, and uh, profit boosting tips. It's got um, articles uh, predominantly written by myself, some by my team. Uh, Jerry Durham's in there. We've got Andrew Vett, and um, we have Vicky Smith writes an article called Front Desk Superstars and talks all about stuff that she's learning um, from dealing with patients here at the practice and myself included. So that went out of the door last month. The first episode of Cash is King made its way around the world. We sent it to uh, almost every state in America. We sent it to Canada. We sent it to Australia. We sent it to Sweden, Austria. Uh, and I think um, we sent it to New Zealand as well. So it made its uh, splash um, to the physical therapy community. And it really was a dream of mine that I knew I'd been impacted so much myself by similar publications. I love podcasts. I love blogs. I love online. I love digital. Um, but I also know that nothing beats uh, being on a flight or being on a train or just in a coffee shop uh, with a magazine with all of the resources and all of the strategies and all of the ideas that I work at right now for our type of business in your hand at that moment for you to be able to tick off to highlight uh, to put into your business to make your business better to change your mindset to give you some marketing ideas to work on that month um, I've invested uh, thousands in, in similar magazines over the years and I devour them. And if you ever come to my office, I will show you them that I've still got hundreds of them stacked up and my staff use them as resources today. Um, so the Cash is King publication is out. Um, it's out um, and it's been shipped all across the world and the focus is on marketing, is on mindset and basically sharing with you. Now I have access to a huge global community. I've got more than 1,000 clients from all around the world who I work with uh, daily, weekly and monthly and I get to see firsthand what is working right now in the community for our types of businesses and we made the decision last year uh, to do this to bring in an editor to publish a, a publication a magazine a newsletter every single month and basically round up all of the good things that are happening in the community worldwide and share them with you in one uh, publication you get a monthly cd as well which is 60 minutes of a coaching call that i've given that month or a, a dvd uh, some kind of seminar that i've given worldwide that is exclusive will never be spoken about on the podcast couldn't do that because it's a paid for publication and it is um it is basically me bringing to you in one place every 30 days what i believe to be happening right now that is good in the profession if there is a clinic that i'm working with doing something great on social media i'll share it with you if there are good things happening on facebook you'll get to see it if there are good things happening in uh, or changes at google uh, if marketing uh, critiques um, that i've done can be shared they will be websites get critiqued um, in there every month that we invite you to submit your website for critique and um, you can have yours critiqued and everybody else can learn from it uh, so there is a lot of good and I, I strongly urge you to, uh, if you're on my email list, you get a chance to, to sign up to it. Um, and if you are interested, we are literally just putting it out to the wider public uh, right now, sophie at paulgoff.com or um, just email paul at paulgoff, in fact. Head it, head it to paul at paulgoff.com. Uh, we'll pick it up your inquiry and you can find out how you can get a copy and what the instructions are for you to be able to get a copy of the glossy mag think forbes think success magazine uh, everything that is good about marketing and, and what our most successful clients are doing 
is in that uh, monthly edition you'll get a cd and you get added to my facebook community as well so it's pretty epic um, and if you email paul at paulgoff.com we'll give you instructions uh, it's very early it's coming out we're anticipating getting this out to a thousand business owners by the end of the year uh, obviously prices rise the the, uh, the the more that we put into the magazine so if you want to get in early uh, at the cheapest possible price email paul at paulgoff.com and just use the uh, title cash is king um, if you want some more cash in your life um, cash is king is dedicated to sharing with you all of what is good um, in the community uh, right now ten thousand dollars worth of marketing and mindset and profit boosting strategies will be delivered to your clinic wherever you are in the world um, right now if you enjoy my material you like uh, what i stand for my principles upon business and you want to get more a deeper insight um, everything in that magazine is exclusive it will never ever appear on this podcast um, i cannot do that there are good things happening that i would not be able to share via any free blogs or videos or podcasts that i put out uh, it's a paid for article um, and as such you are getting access to exclusive content that we know is absolutely working now it's tangible it's stuff for you to do in your business uh, read it every 30 days listen to me every 30 days we'll send you a transcript a download or a, a dvd of a video that i've done or a coaching call that i've done that you can listen in on um, and get to learn more from me and most importantly uh, be part of my bigger community that i'm growing uh, now that we are wanting to find as many ways as possible to share with you what's working. It is much easier to be successful if you just model success. And I remember um, when I first thought about uh, getting into this whole game of business and when I first started, I always remember thinking that people know things that I don't. It, it felt like there was a secret club somewhere that all of these great marketers were getting advice and information that I just didn't know where to get it from. And uh, I get the impression that a lot of you feel like that right now, that all of this good stuff goes on and you somehow feel excluded from it. You don't quite know where to, to go to look from it, to get it at source. And that's why we introduced the Cash is King publication. It will put in your hands every 30 days the good stuff that is happening in the community worldwide, from leadership to marketing to sales uh, to social media. You'll see exact ads. You'll see breakdowns of Facebook ads. You'll see examples and walkthroughs of good social media campaigns, newsletter articles, newspaper articles, uh, Jerry Durham's uh, patient experience, Andrew Vertson's in there with metrics and numbers if you need some help and advice on that. We've got all of that boxed off as well. So it's been exciting. And, and the big lesson I'd like to share with you on that is um, I knew four years ago what that publication would look like. And when I did it and we got the first one out the door and I saw the first photograph, have a look at my Instagram account if you want to see people um, holding it up uh, all over the world. At the Paul Goff is my Instagram account. We've got some pictures on there of business owners just like you uh, proudly displaying their Cash is King publication, even pushing CDs into the players in their car and listening to it. And somebody said, um, you know, how does it feel to, to see this? And I said, well, honestly, I knew it uh, four years ago. I, I've had it in my mind's eye for four years that exactly what... The publication would look like the impact that it would have what we'd have in there and the reason for doing it was uh to quite uh literally share with you what's working and, and give you access to all of the uh material and the tactics and the strategies that right now you think um everybody else has got access to that you just don't know where to get as if people are holding all of this stuff from uh, you and it, it's an awful feeling when you do have that so the four years thing is true and the lesson for you there is that um, I wanted to do that early doors but I also knew I needed to grow a community first 
Um, it's took me four years to get to the point where I felt the community's big enough and ready enough and I've got the resources, I've got the team, I've got the access to the customers and access to the knowledge of what's working now and very easily able to, to produce it on a uh, mass scale worldwide and share it with people. So again, nothing happens overnight. All of the lessons that, that I teach you, I'm living myself. Uh, it, it made me feel very uh, good knowing that the first one was out the door, but literally you wake up the next day and it's like, okay, we've got to get the next one out the door. And and how can we improve it is already the conversation and, and we know where we'll take it. Uh, and we know that uh, the gaps in your knowledge for running a business, uh, we know where they are and we'll find great contributors to the article to give you um, all of the advice. We've got some wealth contributors coming up. We've got some tax attorneys coming up. We've got some lawyers who we're talking to to get involved with um, really just to be able to answer your questions as to how every single aspect of running your business can be made easier for you. So cash is king. Cash is king. Don't forget it. Um, the purpose of running a business, assets. So if you want to know where uh, cash is king comes from, it doesn't mean that it's only for cash businesses and it doesn't exclude traditional businesses uh, because this is why. The premise of running a business is this. You turn your assets, which is your staff, your marketing systems, your brand and your IP and your facility and your location and your goodwill in the marketplace. You turn all of that into revenue. You turn revenue into profit. Now, unfortunately, a lot of businesses stop at profit. It's actually about cash. It's assets into revenue, revenue into profit, and then taking profit and turning that into cash for you to spend, reinvest, or pay down debt. That's the only reason you're in business. A lot of business owners forget that profit does not equate to cash. There are a lot of business owners who make lots of profit who are unable to get the cash in. Big, significant difference, which is why cash is king. Cash is King is available. It's on newsstands all around the world. And if you want a copy or you want to know more, paul at paulgoff.com. Send the subject line, uh, I want cash or uh, cash is king. Uh, give me some more cash. Have some fun and we'll have some fun back and, and tell you the instructions as to how you can join us. Um, and all of these types of things get revealed uh, first to my email list. So make sure you are there, Paul. Uh, goff.com is where you can join up to the email list to get advance notice of all of these things and the best offers um, to sign up. So that's the last six weeks. The next six weeks are going to take me. Uh, I'll be quick on this. I'm going into New Orleans, to San Diego, to Orlando, to Cleveland, to Montreal, back to Orlando, and then back to London. Um, I fly out for CSM uh, to land in New Orleans, and then I've got uh, meetings and workshops and seminars all across uh, the country to attend for the next six to seven weeks in the US uh, and obviously heading up into Canada March 23 and 24 uh, to give a talk to a company, a uh, physio company up there. So if you are around any of those states, um, uh, keep uh, me in the loop, uh, paul at paulgoff.com if you want to connect with me. Uh, follow my social at the Paul Goff. I'll share pictures and images and Facebook lives. I do a hell of a lot more Facebook lives when I'm on the road um, and share with you the journey that I'm on. So at the Paul Goff on Instagram is where I'm at. Be sure to follow uh, me there and give me a little uh, hello when you've um, when you've tagged me. So let's get going. We're going to talk about fail to scale. Why so many clinics struggle to scale, and it comes on the back of some questions that I've had recently about why so many smaller businesses do stay small, why so many uh, businesses get stuck as they try to grow. What what's going on? Why what is the reason um, that causes so many businesses to fail to scale successfully? Well, I thought about it long and hard as I prepped for this podcast, and there are more than one uh, reasons that's for sure. And I'm going to talk to you today about why. Um, or what could be the possible reasons that you might not scale 
in the pace or at the pace that you want to or as successfully and as profitably as you would like to so um, pen and paper at the ready if you are able to take notes and if you're driving or you're flying or you're running or I'm in your ear while you're in the gym right now uh, this might be an episode that you want to listen back to because there are some very strong principles overarching foundations that you can take and put into your business to help you to scale the easiest way um, or, or often um, a win gained is as good of, or a loss avoided is as good as a win gained. Very important that if you can learn from people's mistakes, it's very easy to figure out what to do instead of um, what not to do as such. So, number one, reasons why clinics fail to scale. Um, a focus on the clinical skill um, more than business skills. Primary reason number one. Um, my saying is uh, clinical skills got you started but they also got you stuck. Clinical skills got you started in business, but they also got you stuck. And you have to understand that, that um, I'm not bashing clinical skills in any way, shape or form. They're very relevant, um, but not when it comes to growing a business. In any way, shape or form, um, is my product skills uh, anywhere closely correlated to how good my business skills are or how successful my business is. Um, and more often than not, the business starts to struggle starts to struggle when um, the uh, business owner starts to bring in other PTs, starts to bring in staff, and this whole thing becomes um, a complete mess and the business owner fails or the, the business fails to continue to grow because of a lack of skills and at almost the clinical skills got them into the mess and it gets them stuck. So um, for relevance, and I know one or two people could be screaming at me thinking, well, it's got to have something to do with skills. It is. It gets you started. But I could also give you this curveball. I know PT assistants who run significantly more successful businesses than, than um, highly qualified PTs. Um, and therefore the training and the skill set that, that uh, the PT assistant has can never be as good as what the PT might have or could get access to. So the two are not mutually exclusive. And I also know OTs who run incredibly successful PT businesses. Um, I know people who run PT businesses who've got absolutely zero rehab clinical background at all they've bought a business and they run it like a business and it's significantly more successful than one run by pts so the two are not needed fact accept it lump it like it might not be what you want to hear or swallow but a focus on more clinical skills will make you a very good clinician and the, and the world needs that because somebody needs to employ these good clinicians but the business owner should not be focusing on more clinical skills if you're at that point of wanting to grow wanting to scale every minute that you spend on on clinical skills you will delay the growth of your business i, I can't say it any better than that they're very relevant and very needed for somebody who wants to stay a practitioner somebody who wants to run a solo practice and just be good at, at the clinical skills you will do okay but if you're trying to grow you're trying to scale um, you're trying to bring on more people and get from one site to two or three and you want to dominate in your town you will not do it by being the best clinical uh, uh, practitioner in town for all of those reasons that there are people who are OTs running more successful businesses there are people who are PT assistants running more successful businesses and there are people buying up PT practices who have zero skills and are more successful than people with the best skills business skills and clinical skills is the equivalent of the airline pilot thinking that just because he can fly the plane he can fix the plane he can't 
and nor would anybody let him do it. So please um, understand that. And a, and a real-life example that I've got for you happened in my uh, mastermind uh, group recently. I won't say any names, but we have some exceptional practitioners in the um, mastermind who are uh, in business now, solo practitioners looking to grow, take on that first member of staff and, and you know advance their business and profit for uh, from leveraging the time and, and skills and assets that uh, are their staff. Now, one of the issues that one of these business owners has been running into is that um, he frequently um, under uh, advises the number of sessions that is actually needed to fix the problem just for fear of having the money conversation. So the business owner will see the patient there uh, you know he's a one-man band there isn't a great experience there isn't a front desk person there isn't a, a great setting for you to walk into it's all about the clinical skill right now and that uh, recent conversation that we had the business owner told me that one of the pushbacks uh, or one of the problems that he's having is because the uh, initial conversation said five sessions even though he knew it was going to take 15 to 20. So after five sessions, there was no great outcome. There was no major improvement. And the patient was starting to get very anxious, very frustrated around a lack of improvement. Now, really, it wasn't that there's been a lack of improvement. It was that there was false expectations set. There was false expectations set. Now, that's the effect. The cause is a lack of communication skills, is a lack of a marketing message, is a lack of being able to ask the right questions, is a lack of providing a tangible experience that takes the patient's mind off the recovery. If you don't have an experience going on at your practice, then all that I'm trading on or all that you're trading on is clinical skills. And if the outcome hasn't arrived quickly, all my brain as a patient can focus on is whether or not I'm getting better. Whereas if I have a tangible experience going on, I have great questions asked, I have expectations reset, and I'm arriving at a practice to uh, have wonderful conversations with fabulous front desk people who know me, like me, understand me, get me, have some fun with me. All of a sudden, I'm arriving at the practice for a bigger, higher reason than just to get pain relief. And if that starts to happen, because the business owner has put in place a great culture, has great recruitment skills, has great uh, marketing skills and understands the way that people actually buy and they actually make decisions, not the bullcrap um, stuff that is normally taught about what is, you know, think about how you buy, etc. Or, or patients only want the cheapest or patients want the fastest possible result. They don't. They want an end outcome. And it, and it begets that all of those skills collide to create that experience so that when a patient arrives in the office, they are not focused exclusively on the skills. It is all about the, the, the sum of the business parts. So having, um, or, or in this business owner's case, the uh, wrong marketing message, the wrong communication skills, the wrong expectations set, and a lack of skills to be able to do that is leading that, that physio to have to get involved with uncomfortable conversations after five sessions about why it hasn't improved. Now, I can guarantee 10 to a penny that's happening all day every day in that we're not prescribing the right sessions the right number of, of treatments needed to a patient because of a money issue. Now, the money issue is stopped at source, which is change the reason that they buy, which is marketing skills, confirm the reason that they buy, which is the sales skills, bring them into an environment and a culture which um, almost Disney-like uh, makes you forget the fact that you're waiting in line for 90 minutes so that we're not focusing exclusively on the recovery, on the pain, on this thing going away. And it's highly possible for uh, that to happen aka Disney, 90-minute ride, 90-minute queue for, for Thunder Mountain or Space Mountain that is affected 
or, or changed the perception of the 90 minute queue because of the characters around you and the lights that you're seeing and the pictures of all the people who have been on the ride before you and so on and so on. So we're essentially manipulating in a good way time and the way that people see what they're getting. So if you don't have all of the skills to do that, then what's going to happen is the patient's going to drop off after five sessions. Not because you weren't very good, but because all of the stuff that went into before the patient arrived and all of the skills needed to create all of what we've just spoken about are not there. So the patient drops off after five sessions and says, I leave it, I, I, I don't want to come back, I'm not seeing any improvement. All of that could have been changed if the thing that had happened to the patient before they touched the clinical skills or got close to clinical skills had been improved or changed so that the patient was happy to have 15 or 20 sessions and actually get the damn outcome that they want. So to me, um, having great business skills allows you to um, get less of these situations that patients will drop off, that patients pressure you, patients put you under you know, time, I must get this ready in three sessions. To me, if you said, I must have an outcome in three or four sessions, I'd ask you to leave the clinic. I'd ask you to go somewhere else because you do not fit in a, under any circumstances whatsoever the type of patient that I'm able to get good results for and I risk you bad-mouthing me. I risk you being one of the many, many, many thousands and hundreds of thousands of patients who've arrived at clinics and left dissatisfied and, and the primary reason that they left dissatisfied was because they, the patient, had false expectations allowed to fester because of a lack of skills on the business owner's part 100%. Even if it's the PT who has allowed that to happen, it's primarily the business owner's fault because of a lack of recruitment, a lack of training, a lack of culture, a lack of just generally everybody in the business being on board with what the business is all about, which is not pain relief. You play in the pain relief game, you will get drop-offs and you'll get frustration and you will get pushback you will get all sorts of i must have this done quick if you play in the transformation game which the polgoff physio rooms has for a long time now you get nine tens twelve sessions effortlessly without any selling without any pushback and people are happy to pay prices if you don't believe me try it the only people who don't believe me are the ones who haven't tried it and can't and won't let their ego go because clinical skills and people want pain relief and blah 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 i go to see my dentist this saturday um not for pain relief it's to stop problems it's because i'm going on tour for nine weeks and i don't want any issues while i'm out there i'm needing to speak and talk and various other things there are much bigger higher reasons for me going to the dentist and it's borderline ignorant and, and disrespectful for a dentist to assume that i'm just there for pain relief that i'm that tight and cheap with my money that i'll only pay if i'm in pain i will pay it to stay out of pain i will pay it to make sure that i've got no problems or limit the chance i've got of problems further in life and so on and so on and any practitioner that doesn't understand that is borderline it, it's just not ethical that if my dentist said to me paul I, i've removed the rot that i can see and you're out of pain but I won't take a look at that other tooth that's going to be a problem and probably will cause you to lose the damn tooth if I don't fix it now. That is not right. It's just simply not right. And again, it's a lack of skills, a lack of sales skills, a lack of marketing skills, lack of communication skills, a lack of front desk training skills. And I could keep reeling it out that the more that you focus on the clinical skills, the more that you will get stuck in business. If you're listening to this and you want to be the world's best practitioner, focus on your clinical skills and listen to clinical skills podcasts. But if you want to be the world's best business owner that you can possibly be, you need to stop focusing on more clinical skills. At the very least, if you are an early to the game, one weekend for clinical skills, one weekend for business skills. $1 for clinical, $5 for business skills. In that order, 
you can expect to run a very successful business. Anything else, expect to get stuck. Number two, reasons why I believe businesses fail to scale. No commitment to marketing. No commitment to marketing. No long-term commitment to make marketing work. I see lots of dabbling, lots of people chucking some money at something and just having a go and then being frustrated when it doesn't work. And really, the um, real issue is that just because you put time and money up, um, the expectation is that you will get money back just because you put time and money up. There is no time and effort put into learning how to get the best use of the time and effort that you put in um, to, to, to marketing. I see so much dabbling and I'm telling you right now and I'd say it to a thousand, hundred thousand people staring back at me, um, the fear of losing money, the fear of the unknown and following the wrong model when it comes to marketing is killing um, any chance of growth for 99% of, of physio businesses um, worldwide. It is as if it's marketing's fault if it didn't work. It's as if it's Facebook's fault if it didn't work. Facebook gives you five leads that were quote-unquote bad, even though they've got back pain and they live within three miles from your clinic. Marketing did its job. You didn't do its job learning how to convert. You didn't go and uh, absolutely absolve yourself um, or immerse yourself, sorry, in, in everything that is possible about sales and conversions. And if you don't do that, expect not to be very good at sales and conversions. Immerse yourself in marketing, good. There'll still be a job to do when it comes to, to sales. So I think the lack of commitment to marketing is a huge thing that, that people will put it up, uh, you know, return to marketing as and when they need it rather than it being a lifelong commitment that I don't know any single business that's been able to scale without getting world-class at marketing. It's just not possible. It's like trying to run a car without fuel or gas. You, you're not going to be able to grow a business. If you're a traditional business doing well right now, I'll ask you, how did you grow the business? You went and marketed to doctors. Somebody had to do some marketing. It was just a different type. But obviously in the cash or the private pay setting where we're not able to get as many referrals from lawyers or doctors or, or, or third-party referrals, we have to market directly to the public. That takes time. Um, it's nothing out of the ordinary if it takes three to six months for a patient to mature. That is perfectly normal, 100% normal. That um, makes me giggle every time you know a patient of or a client of mine listens to my podcast for nine months and then wants to work with me and then wants to buy Accelerator and takes Accelerator and all of a sudden thinks that miraculously within a day they're going to get patients or a patient calls up and requests some free information. Accelerator does what it promises, gets your leads, and then they think that, that it's all about within a day the patient had in over a thousand dollars, even though it took them nine months to get used to to listening to me before they felt confident from buying from me. Like, you can't do one thing and then expect miraculously that because you run a business, things are going to change in your favor the next day. It doesn't do that. So fear of losing money, everybody's obsessed with, oh, I put $500 up and I didn't get anything back. Good, you did. You learned a lesson. You now know what doesn't work. Again, people talk about a mindset shift in this profession. That's a mindset shift. That's different thinking radically that I'm prepared to spend $500 on a newspaper ad just to see what works and what doesn't. If I get patients, that's that's a happy byproduct in the beginning. Obviously, as I go further down the stream, I'm going to have access to so much more knowledge, so much more what works, what headlines work, what free offers work, what day of the week to put the advert in, and so on and so on. I cannot get all of that data and all of that knowledge from one advert. So I had to switch my understanding of what I was running my ads for was to accumulate knowledge, a wealth of knowledge as to what works and what doesn't. And I was prepared to lose money to do that. But I'm not losing money. I'm just buying some lessons. 
that I've been able to take with me over the years, and now I've got to the point with some my newspaper ads, they're worth more money to me than any homes that I, I've got. I've got a series of rental properties that I invest in. I can tell you now, the newspaper ads and the back pain ads make me more money. And in the same way that I had to invest 25 or 30% of the uh, deposit into the home, 15, 20, 30,000 pounds, however much at the time, to get the home before I got any ROI, of 400 500 pound a month 700 dollars back i needed to invest however many hundreds of pounds to figure out newspaper ads before i could expect them to really work and even if it cost me five thousand pounds six thousand seven thousand dollars to figure out newspaper ads the very fact that now when i run them they're probably worth 50 to 100 thousand dollars to me each year that's a pretty big roi that i'm prepared to, to 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 play around with some money at the front end and again I've been able to scale from one to four because of this type of mindset and understanding of how all of this actually works and not listening to gossip, um, idle, tittle-tattle, checking out a few blogs, reading a couple of emails of somebody, asking somebody who is nowhere near as successful as you want to be about their opinion on marketing when they've been able to build a business on kissing asses of local doctors. Wrong question asked to the wrong person. You'll get the wrong outcome. So number three. Failure to uh, recognize that what got you to 100 grand won't get you to 500. Great phrase. If nothing changes, nothing changes. So the journey that you're going to go on as a business owner um, will require you to change. And and um, I've said this a few times. It's almost like uh, somebody like Madonna who stood the test of time in the pop industry. She didn't and doesn't now produce music or look like she did or dance like she did or, or have videos like she did in the 80s. She's had to evolve. And you will have to evolve as well and know that it's okay to do that. That if you're still speaking the same way or, or trying to run your business as you did to get to 100 grand and now trying to push on to half a million, it simply won't happen. You'll never, ever do that. And, it, and it's actually okay to, to, to change, to become very different, to have a different air of authority around the office and speak different and ask different questions. And it's an absolute bi- uh, prerequisite because it means that you're around different business owners, you are reading different books, you are listening to different podcasts, you've invested in different trainings, you're part of different mastermind programs and circles that influence the way that you see the world. And if your uh, circle of influence, if you like, has changed and evolved, then you'll have evolved, hopefully for the better, and therefore how you are at work and how you run that business will have evolved as well. So massively understanding that not to 100 not not to 10 is pretty difficult not to 20 grand it's the first you know few painful months to get going 25 to 50 and and up to 100 happens usually pretty quickly once you get once you get going but it's getting stuck at 100 where most business owners do and and having to you know 100 100 grand a year is a great salary um i you know was at that level for a good few years of 100 grand plus as a solo practitioner fabulous salary but i was working like a dog to to get it going home at night with hands that were needing to be put in buckets of ice to to take the pain out of my bloody fingers because there was that you know they were that painful not sustainable to grow a business i needed to have completely different skills think differently talk differently recruit differently design websites differently because it's now about the team rather than me and my clinical skills and so on and so on so recognizing that that they're they're, um more than not you get stuck not to 100 around about 100 to, to half a mil half a million to a million um and then going from a million to two um you know one of my businesses uh two million turnover the the pain that we've gone through at every level is just like nothing i've i've experienced and and all of it is because of my uh, lack of skills 
an understanding of what it's like to be in that you know that area of a million to two million uh, turnover and the number of interactions skills that i'm going to need staff recruitment culture etc that i'd have to be aware of when you're playing at that level it's very very different and um the most important thing that i can do for you is bring your awareness to that that you will have to change and if you're feeling like you're stuck you're feeling like you don't want to change know that you have to change and don't be frightened one of the things that i used to talk to vicky about a lot was um you know I, I know i'm changing don't you know don't think i'm becoming arrogant or i'm becoming a shit or i'm becoming uh whoever just because i'm getting some new level of success now and she would regularly say no i i see it it's you know it's what we need you to do it's what this business has to uh, happen as you evolve um so too will your conversations and your you know your discipline and your uh, thinking and your recruitment but that has to happen and the right staff want you to do that as well otherwise they'll be out of a bloody job so um number three failure to recognize that what got you to 100 grand won't get you to half a million and it won't get you um to a uh, million number four i put this down on the list as i was thinking a lack of recruitment skills a lack of recruitment skills because as you grow and as you get to 100 plus and you start to think about staff what will hold you back is having to constantly go back and re-recruit so you bring in you fill the void you fill the, sec- the secretary's desk up and you've got all ambitions now to get going with marketing get the phone answered follow up on leads be there every day do your 24-hour callbacks um, follow up after 30 days when of discharge to make sure that they're all right and so on all of these windows of opportunities that that are there that could put more revenue into your business you can see that and you've made the recruitment you, you know you've got that guy or that girl in and then all of a sudden it's the wrong one and what happens next is two or three months of am i aren't i shall they shall they you know should i fire them should i keep them are they right are they not right all of the mental torture that you go through takes your focus and, and um, energy away from good things happening in your business and also um, on a second third and fourth order consequence it stops you from investing time into that department and with that person uh, for fear of losing that time if it doesn't work out and you almost get stuck in uh, no man's land so inevitably you knew after two weeks that he or she wasn't good enough you got rid of them after three months and you start the whole process again and the business hasn't moved on it hasn't uh, put in place the 24-hour callbacks it hasn't put in play the five hours a day of phone calls to the leads that have made inquiries it hasn't put in play the direct mail that you want to send people or sending out the gifts or the books to make somebody's day which adds to the culture and the feel and the experience of your business because you're now back in recruitment mode and now because it's the second member of staff you're having to retrain and you're dragged out of your important positions like marketing again and then all of a sudden you think you've got it right so you give this one six months and then it turns out that you haven't and then you go back again and you've lost a year of your life you've lost a a year of growth and again the lessons that i'm seeing from the thousand customers that i've got around the world in business recruitment is it and I, i spend more time in my mastermind program now training people how to recruit having recruitment as a process not as a one and done thing not a just a you know fill a void it's a process that you have to put people through of truly understanding what it is that you want them to do how would you know if they were successful what's the outcome look like what skills do they need and then working back over from there to get to the right person not just looking at somebody your son's best friend who's been put out of a job and giving him a job or her a job just because she's on social media all day it doesn't mean that she'll become a good social media assistant has she got the skills that you need to to fill the role and give you the outcome that you're looking for so a lack of recruitment skills um most business owners at the beginning focus on skills to get patients which is is needed and always is forever and a day 
at some point you've got to turn your attention to recruitment skills and know that recruitment uh, it is a skill and it's also a process and i would wager or, or give you my best advice would be to get very good at it if you plan on growing and scaling a business because uh, in the end for most of the businesses that i see it's not a lack of patience you know people have gone through accelerator now uh, a year or two in their problem isn't now getting patience it is getting good staff and that is a sign that the recruitment when patient well, better said when business owners whinge at me that you know they've got they've got bad staff i don't say i say you don't have bad staff you have bad recruitment process and you have a bad recruitment process because you have bad recruitment skills everything is cause and effect if the effect of your business today is that you have a bad culture with bad staff you have the cause which is bad recruitment process caused by bad skills you fix the cause you don't whinge about the effect number five number five i've wrote down here a lack of leadership skills lack of leadership skills which again once you start to grow you need to move from management skills to leadership skills and, and i've kind of said openly that uh, i think one of my biggest skills after marketing and sales has been leadership um not necessarily management i'm not a very good man manager micromanagement um i'm a very good leader uh, i can think big picture i can um, see where i want this business to go but at the same time i can dive in and get very granular i can get very um on the ground when i need to and i have an unbelievably dogged persistence to see something through there are a lot of leaders who are big visionary and, and great at, you know seeing the huge five ten year picture but are not very good and not very disciplined to uh, be determined uh, to get on the ground floor and actually see the vision through and i think you you need both in business um as a as a founder of a business you, or as a leader of a business you're going to have to have that big vision see things that your employees can't but then you're going to have to get down on the ground floor with them when you need to to see it through and have the discipline to see it through and the determination much like at the start of the episode i told you about cash is king I saw that four years ago in my vision that that for this company we're now in our fourth year for Polgoff media I knew that um, we would have to bring out the newsletter and I saw it four years ago and it was something that I wanted to do because I was personally impacted by those newsletters. But I also knew there was an order that I had to work through, which was uh, building a framework, building pipelines, getting clients at certain levels before the newsletter would become relevant and as impactful as it's set to be. If I'd have brought the newsletter out at the beginning, it would have been loaded with my advice. Fine. But now I'm bringing out the publication loaded with what is working now based upon the thousand customers that i've got all over the world it is data driven it is impactful it's tangible it's do this do that and you'll be successful whereas four years ago it was i want them to have this i want you to have it but it wouldn't have been appropriate to have published it back then but i was able to see the big picture I was able to see what needed to be done to get to that point. I was able to hold it in my mind's eye and I had the discipline and I had the determination to see it through. We had a uh, an editor's meeting for Cash is King in December when the first article came out in February. I employed a girl last June with a sole view of getting her indoctrinated into the business, getting her comfortable with her writing and understanding what this business is about and who we serve um, what things could be put into that publication and how it would really impact our audience i employed her last june we sat down in december the 18th um, and she and i and uh, other members of the team spent three days um, really getting dialed in on what the uh, newsletter would look like and, and how the publication would play out she then spent and had a week to uh, go away and create all of the processes so that when she came back after christmas 
she would be um, able to drive forward the newsletter. Guess what happened on Christmas Day? The same gal is still currently paralyzed um, from the chest down. Woke up on Christmas Day with a uh, still unexplained incident, infection, disease, issue. They have no clue what it is and has not left hospital since Christmas Day. Hasn't felt anything in her legs. Subsequently, I have a pivotal staff member who would have been publishing and solely responsible for that magazine, that publication, whatever you want to call it, that whole brand new product the entire focus of 2018 is on cash is king and the person who i'd employed six months before to be absolutely bang on and ready to to rock and roll and make sure that the publication is just nailed on every single time has not been involved in us getting it out the door that's what it's like running a business at this level once you get you know moving through the gears with business the determination to see it through regardless happened we had great team culture. We've got great uh, people in. We've done our recruitment right. We've got people who give a shit about our clients who've worked all weekends to get this thing out the door. I didn't even need to ask. The option was to delay it for two or three months while we recruited and brought somebody in. But we had the vision. We knew it was right. We knew it was needed. We hadn't promised anybody it, so we could have pulled out. But we knew it was just the right thing for the business to do. So we got together, pulled it together. We had the determination to do it. Um, leadership skills kicked in unbelievable staff kicked in which goes back to good recruitment um, and we got the first publication out the door in February now hopefully Jenny uh, will be back with us at some point this year maybe maybe not it could take six to twelve months for Jenny before she gets back uh, to our rightful seat as editor of the publication uh, and in the meantime the show goes on the, the ship has to go on no excuses um, in the in the business so um, I, I think you need that and and what I've got in my notes here is EQ versus IQ I think there are um, a lot of people hung up on emotional, sorry, um, on the IQ aspect of it, of how intelligent you are and how logical you are. And, and again, that goes back to clinical skills, the equivalent of the the world is leaning now towards emotional intelligence and almost, you know, the, the super successful, the new wave of business owner, if you like now, um, what they have in common is an emotional intelligence because of, of the world now and how emotional it is and, and how connected we are and, and the types of skills that we need. I think uh, we're most definitely seeing the role of a leader and a CEO evolve from somebody who is very stern and very driven and very just very logical and very good at what he or she uh, did to now leadership skills requiring uh, or, or very good leaders having emotional intelligence. So uh, the problem for our profession is that we are schooled on the IQ, the logic, the skill, uh, the research, the data, and it, it makes a transition to emotional intelligence of dealing with human beings and people and staff and culture and all of these things that we're speaking about today. Very difficult. The antidote to it is a focus on it, having your attention brought to it very early that um, you can learn uh, all of these things, uh, pick them up, you know, study people, human beings, books, how we think and how we make decisions. And when you understand all of that, it definitely turns you into uh, or gives you an opportunity to be a better uh, leader. Number six, no financial uh, controls. So as you scale, um, what happens as a business owner, the primary reason that they are so tired is that they're working hard on the wrong things and, and they have no data, they have no measurement as to what things are actually off, what dials are, uh, are down when, when they should be up. There's no gauge, there's no measurement of activity that um, is tracking the problem is not new patients, the problem is actually um, the arrival rate or the cancel rate. 
The problem is not the arrival rate, it's the amount of money that each individual patient is spending. The problem is not the amount of money that the patient is spending, it's that we're not cross-selling between Pilates and physio and making life more difficult than it needs to be. If you have um, financial controls and measurement in place, then knowing where to put your energy becomes effortless. And it is the reason that I've been able to speed up um, growth of my business and both businesses because I've had very good um, optics in play um, as I've grown uh, appropriately. So looking at these things, I have what I call a cockpit, which is a spreadsheet with pretty much every dial uh, as if I was flying a plane and it shows me whether it's red, green or amber as to how that gauge is. Am I going to land the plane on the runway or am I going to uh, land 200 feet short and plummet into the sea before the end of the month? Truly having financial controls and a, uh, or a lack of measurement in your business means it's impossible to scale. If you want to go fast, if you want to go fast in business, you need um, financial controls and you're going to have to get very savvy at measuring the activities, the critical drivers that I speak about in Mastermind a lot. Uh, understanding what these critical drivers are, how they affect KPIs, um, and then how your KPIs uh, can be influenced or, or knowing that they are the effect and the cause is the critical driver. Much of the problem is the focus on what has happened uh, after the month rather than what is happening in player. And I, I don't know many business owners who have uh, financial optics that are real time and in player. Um, and not having them is the equivalent of a soccer manager, an NFL manager, send, setting his team up to play on the Sunday night or the Monday night, watching a replay the next day and wishing he uh, had made a couple of substitutions halfway through the game. When you think about it like that, it is madness. And that sadly is how 99.9% .9 of businesses uh, are, are being run quite literally the replays being watched at best some uh, results are being looked at at the end of the month or the end of the quarter or as more typical the case the end of the year and the business owner is thinking well i wish i'd known that i would have subbed a few players on and off i would have made some changes to arrival rate i'd have improved marketing i'd have improved that position i'd have brought somebody in um, you're essentially trying to make a substitution while watching a replay if you do not have financial controls then you will um, well and truly get stuck. Last one, number seven, lack of a plan. A lack of a detailed plan that is one year, three year, five year. If you don't have it, you're gonna have, um, you're gonna have a problem uh, because most business owners' uh, plan is this, turn up and work harder. That's the plan. What's the plan? I wanna work a bit harder. Well, on what area? What needs to be improved? If you haven't got the financial optics, how do you know what to work hard on? And if you haven't got the leadership skills, how are you going to get your team involved to work for you and with you in times of trouble, which like with Jenny going off from Christmas Day, paralyzed um, from the chest down, hopefully going to come back. And if I haven't got the recruitment skills, then how could I replace Jenny or how could I get the right team on board to sell to help me through the difficult times? They're all indicators. And if I don't, I'm not going to be able to scale. So uh, a lack of plan is is huge um, and again it's not just a case of turn up today which is why I don't like the word hustle and I'm never going to hold back from saying it I, I believe in a few years you look back at the word hustle hustle is appropriate you know yeah work hard but make sure it's on the right thing the problem is the understanding and the interpretation of hustle right now is it just suggests and I heard this on a podcast I, I like Damon John a lot um, and I follow his stuff I think he's a great branding expert I had a snippet of a podcast he was interviewed on recently, uh, which was the Lewis Howes podcast. It, it came up on Instagram, and Lewis Howes asked him, 
Damon, you know, what do you think is really going to make the difference to, to people listening today? If they're in business or they're trying to get ahead, what's going to make the difference? And this is Lewis Howes asking a guy who's worth two, three, four hundred million, right? And, and again, this is a cautionary tale of be careful whose advice you take. So this is Lewis Howes, who's probably worth a few million himself and got a huge audience and, you know, people are aspiring to be him. He's in a very powerful position. Uh, and I like Lewis, by the way. I like him. If you don't know who he is, he's, you know, there's a great books and podcasts um fabulous guy and he uh was interviewing damon john shark tank multi-million if not you know probably close to a billion fubu etc like damon john think he's great cool like his attitude if you like and his kind of ruggedness for running businesses and no bullshit kind of attitude really like that but this made me mad i don't often get mad but this did and when lewis howes asked him what what do you think is going to give business uh, people the edge these days? And and Damon John instantly went, well, Lewis, it, it goes back to, you know, uh, the old fashioned thing that that I've said from day one, which is uh, go to bed later than everybody else and get up earlier than everybody else. And in that moment, Damon John and and Lewis Howes and anybody listening uh, had just been confined to now probably two hours sleep instead of four. And, and what I mean by that is I actually don't believe that that many people could work harder than they already are. As you listen to this podcast, I'm pretty sure you go home pretty fucking knackered most nights, if you're anything like me. It's not a lack of effort. It's more understanding of the plan. And for somebody like Damon John, who is well-respected and people will bait on his every breath and follow him all over the country on his latest book tour, to come out with those words that say, all you have to do to be successful is go to bed an hour later and get up an hour earlier is to quote another Shark Tank member, madness. Stop it. Stop the fucking madness to think that just working harder, staying up later and just getting up earlier is all you need to do. You are in for an absolute world of hurt. There is not much more work that most people can do. There's not many more hours in the day. Now, the answer should have been clearly figure out a plan, a, a growth plan, execute it, work out where you're short, measure it, recorrect, analyze your behavior, figure out where your skill set lacks, go and train, get better at that, and so on and so on. That's the, the, the answer that people need to hear. I can get done in three or four hours what most people will achieve in 16 hours because I'm entirely focused on where the weaknesses are and the skills that I need to develop. Not ones that are not relevant, not ones that are not going to affect me or take me towards my goal because I understand what the goals are. I know exactly where my shortfalls are because the data and the um, the spreadsheets are telling me. And it isn't a case of me just getting up an hour earlier and going to bed an hour later. With advice like that, God. And the problem is, again, you are taking this advice from people in well-respected positions. And I promise you, as I go up my journey in business and get around some pretty big business owners and a lot of money, I look at them sometimes and think, how the hell have you done that? How the hell are you worth 100 million? Because you're no cleverer than me, you're no smarter than me, and it's more often than not, by happen chance, they're in the right place at the right time. But it doesn't mean that they are very good at business. It doesn't mean that they're able to teach it. It doesn't mean that they're able to communicate with you in a way that you can go out and execute. So be super careful of the advice that you're taking and these people are often pandering to you. And I mean that with the utmost respect. They're often pandering to you. They are saying what is easy so that it's like, yeah, you know, it's no coincidence, by the way, that his book is called Rise and Grind. Like, come on. 
but unfortunately people won't put two and two together that when he tells you to go to bed an hour early and an hour late and then three seconds later he sells you a book called rise and grind there's like oh well if that's what i need to do maybe i should buy his book we need to have a few hard conversations and instead of everybody pandering to each other as business owners start telling the fucking truth as to what has to happen it's fucking boring running a business it's difficult you need to plan you're going to need skills that you haven't got you're going to have to invest money that you may not have right now in learning skills that you haven't got otherwise you're always going to stay stuck in business and in five years it'll be when i get the money in five years when i get the time well i've got out of bed an hour earlier and all i did was screwed around on facebook or i read a book that was not relevant to the problem that i've got and so on and so on and so on the world is in a mess right now for a bazillion reasons and i believe one of them uh, i will look back on it and i'll be proved to be uh, right the concept of hustle will just turn more people into uh tired overly worked less fulfilled I don't see the world getting more fulfilled and I don't see more people getting richer. The data actually tells you that people are not getting richer. The levels of wealth are not moving at all, no matter how much technology they get given, no matter how hard they work. The levels of wealth in the US and the United States of America in the last 50 years have not moved one dot. That's a fact. The 1%, the 4% underneath them, the 15% and then the rest has not moved no matter how much technology is improved, no matter how much access to information we've got, no matter how better schooling is supposed to have got. Therefore, we can start to conclude that the issue is not all of that, it's us and the way that we are seeing all of this. And one of the things that I'm dedicated to doing is giving you access or, or helping you see this from a different angle so that you can fucking work less if you want, but make bloody more um for doing it but you have to have all of the things that i'm talking to you about on these podcasts um try and live without one uh you might do all right but you might not or, or i'll be pretty sure that you will not get to where you want to be so so that's what i've got and i hope you enjoyed the podcast fail to scale uh, why so many clinics struggle to scale or struggle to grow uh, rapidly uh, leave me a review on itunes i'd appreciate it uh, if you're interested in the cash is king and being part of my community and a member of, of uh, cash club as we're calling it uh, paul at paulgoff.com reach out and we'll give you the instructions uh, for you to join us uh, and have your publication delivered wherever you are listening in the world fab if you're entry level business owner wanting to dive a bit deeper into my type of material and just get some quick wins uh, ten thousand dollars worth of marketing mindset and profit boosting strategies sent to your uh, doors if you're not on the email list uh, paul at uh, paulgoff.com is where you go paulgoff.com is the email list to, to join up and uh, join the community of thousands now worldwide listening to this stuff and, and getting access to material um and i'm going to say thank you for listening and i'll be back uh the next time you hear from me i will be uh most likely in uh, new orleans at csm or in san diego um basking in what i hope will be some glorious sunshine for a few months uh it's cold in england right now and i cannot wait for that flight to take off uh next week have a wonderful day and i'll speak to you again soon